0: I think boredom is critical to creative problem solving. When you get bored, if you've been bored long enough, you finally get to this point where you're like, um, uh, what if I try this, right? You start, your mind starts going into problem solving.
1: Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money mamas. Hey there, I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan, and mamas, today on the show, we're talking to Leah Remillay from The CEO Kid. Leah is one of my favorite people. She's an international speaker and trainer specializing in business growth without compromise, and she's a ton of fun. My conversations with her are always filled with laughter. She's built multiple successful businesses, both on and offline, but today, we aren't talking about her journey. We're talking about how she's preparing the next generation of self-reliant, confident entrepreneurs. I mentioned that Leah is the creator and founder of The CEO Kid. Her mission is to activate leadership and business skills in kids to boldly inspire thriving, happy families. Personally, I can't wait until my kids are old enough to go through her training because it's incredible. So I invited her on the show to share her best advice for raising independent, thriving kids. As always, stick around until the end of the show to hear my top three takeaways from this episode. Or you can head over to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Leah. L-E-A-H, for the complete show notes and to download your free Family Money Values Worksheet. Are you ready, mamas? Let's get started. Hey, Leah, how are you? I am doing great, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Tell me what you've been up to lately.
0: Oh, man, you know, just a whole lot of hanging out at home with everybody, trying to keep the kids busy and still be productive and all of those things.
1: Absolutely. I think that's the coronavirus social schedule for all of us, right? Right. How do we keep our kids from destroying our house uh, and losing our minds in that period? For people who aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about your background, about your business.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I am a success strategist and I've been doing that for about 10 years. I am just one of those people who geeks out over business problems. Like I'm like, ooh, tell me what your issue is, tell me what your problem is, and I want to help you solve it and figure out systematic approach to getting the results that people are after. So I've done that for a long time. I'm a speaker. I've had the incredible privilege to get to speak internationally and all over at different conferences, retreats, masterminds, all kinds of fun things. I do a little bit of coaching just with a, a select handful of clients and typically for their teams as well. That's my background. That's my history. Is just I love business. And I love the platform it is for teaching us all kinds of Just things. And then I am also a mom and I have three amazing kids. We had the opportunity several years ago to travel the world for a year. And when we did that, it meant we had to pull our kids out of school so that we could homeschool them, right? So we homeschooled them. The next year, after we got back from our trip, we decided we were going to homeschool one more year as we were trying to figure out where we were going to live. And during that time, I, as I was creating their curriculum for them that I wanted them to learn, I knew that I wanted business to be one of their courses. That was going to be one of our classes we would have. And it was the one thing I knew I'd be really good at teaching. And so I was like, oh, a little confidence in one area. So I created a business course for them where they got to take whatever business idea they wanted and work it through and start their own business. And so I wanted them to learn to earn. I wanted them to learn communication skills, I wanted them to learn to think about other people, how they feel, what they're experiencing, just all these different lessons I felt like I could teach within the scope of business. And then I shared it with a few friends. And anyways, more and more people were like, we want this. And so we launched the CEO kid a couple of years ago. And that's been really fun, too. So that is in a nutshell of who I am, what I do. Oh, and I love to eat, like love to eat. And I don't really love to work out but I do it cause you're supposed to, but yeah. So
1: there you go, that's me. <laughs> so Leah, I, I love this. And for first off, I know a lot of families are now pushed into reluctant homeschooling. <laughs> and I know that this is not homeschooling, right? With homeschooling, you get to like leave the house and have different activities. But do you have any advice for moms that are trying to come up with things for their kids to do over the next couple months here? Absolutely, okay. So the first thing I would wanna say is don't put too
0: much pressure on yourself. We have what we remember from school, which was very structured. You went from subject to subject. You had all these different things. And we feel like, oh, my gosh, how am I ever going to produce all of that? (laughs) So my first thing to say would be like, whoa, mama, like, you're okay. Take a step back. As long as you are covering, honestly, math and depending on their age, somewhere around learning their alphabet, reading, writing, language arts, right, whatever that age range is, if you cover those two things you're good. Okay. Those are the two most critical things. Now from there, look for what you would like to also help them to learn and even better, what they're really excited to learn. This is such an awesome opportunity to teach them more about loving learning than having to keep learning. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So how can we really introduce this concept of lifelong learning? And isn't that the ultimate goal? We want kids who, who love to learn for the rest of their lives. That is a recipe for long-term success. And yet the school system, often really the way we all look at it is you just got to get through it. You just got to get through it, right? No
1: one misses middle school.
0: Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right. But we're like, just get through it till the weekend or just get through it till the next break or just get through it till summer or just get through it till you graduate or just get through it till you make it through middle school or whatever it might be. So let's flip that and create a new narrative that is around, hey, what do you want to learn? What are you interested in? In fact, right before jumping on to get to talk with you, my kids and I are learning stop motion. That's something that they thought would be fun and I am curious about too. And so we're doing an entire part of our school time is on stop motion right now. So what makes them excited? And then there are so many resources so many so there's resources where someone else is going to teach the math for you you're going to put the kids in front of the laptop let them watch a video and it's going to be done there's resources for science there's resources i mean just all of it so you don't have to do this alone there are resources and tools out there where you can you know create something give it a try if you don't like it try something else
1: that's awesome. And we uh we actually were so lucky. We had our local high school for their science project. They're also all working at home. One of the high school classes created a local scavenger hunt of like flora and fauna that is out in our community. So we printed it for our four-year-old and like we went on a hike yesterday just out the back of our house and let him look for things. He loves to be outside. And it was like, we got to do his little science lesson and <laughs> be outside and doing the things that he loves to do. So I love that, like incorporating what do they want to be doing and how can they learn from it? Baking, I think, is another great example of that, right? Of like simple fractions and math built into life skills.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And something that has a delicious reward at the end, right? So that makes it even better.
1: (laughs) And then it's even more enjoyable. You made such a good point though about how school looks different today than it did for us, right, growing up. And we talk about all the time how life, when our kids get to their workforce, right? We all want to raise kids that are independent and self-sufficient, but trying to prepare them for a workforce that we have no idea what it's going to look like, right? In 2015, 20 years, how do we start to make sure that they have the skills to make that transition?
0: Absolutely. So you nailed it when you said, we don't know what the workforce looks like in 15 years or whenever your kiddo is going to be emerging into the job market. But what we do know is we know the skills that make great leaders and skills that can't be, they are human skills. I'll say it that way, right? Like there's a lot of talk about AI and artificial intelligence is going to replace a lot of roles, which there is truth to that. So, you know, we're not going to pretend that that's not accurate. However, there still needs to be someone who knows how to think. And do that creative problem solving and that critical thinking, and who can think of what the questions might be to ask. So often there's this thought process of you need to know the answers to the questions. I would like to propose that a better thing to be teaching our kids is how to ask great questions that are going to lead to bigger answers. So instead of memorizing for facts, instead of memorizing for, you know, the answers on the test, which we all know how many of us remember anything about whatever cell division, right? Like (laughs) I don't remember anything from all of that memorizing that I did, but my experiences where I have learned how to problem solve, how to be creatively thinking, how to understand people. Now those, there's no machine that can duplicate that. Right. So, in that sense, we can truly help prepare our kids so that they can rise up and take those leadership roles that are going to need to be filled.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Asking good questions is so important, especially to make it to the next stage to keep innovating and developing. And I want to narrow in on problem solving. Like, how do we give our kids the opportunities? To learn how to problem solve, to make sure that we're not giving them the answers all the time or that they only operate in an environment like school where there's one right answer.
0: (laughs) Right. Okay. Such a great question. So the first thing is we have to break our own parent habit of giving the answer, right? We all do it. Like every single one of us does it where they ask a question and we say, oh, here because we we've got more experience we know or we say just one second and then we go to google and say oh here you go yeah, right yeah. now remember how we were told you're not gonna have you know the calculator in your pocket you won't be able to always have a dictionary with you haha <laughs> yes we do <laughs> but so what we're now seeing is there's this shift to where we had to figure things out on our own because we didn't have google They, on the other hand, are being raised in a completely different environment. They're being raised where if you don't remember, you know, an actor's name or the name of a song or a fact, you don't even give yourself time to try to like, oh, can I find it somewhere in the back of my brain? We instantly go to IMDB or Google or Siri or Alexa or whoever to solve the problem for us. So trying to make a shift and start asking, oh, that's a really good question. What do you think? Just that one single phrase is going to make a huge difference. So we start there. Ooh, great question. What do you think? Okay, so once we've gone there, then honestly, they're probably going to need some training on how to think. That sounds odd, but we are so used to this age of, you know, answers being at our fingertips that they really might look at you like uh what do you mean what do i think <laughs> and so you can then kind of prompt and say well how could we figure this out what if we tried this or right so you kind of start prompting and teaching them how to be thinking for themselves and how to be kind of looking at this opportunity to problem solve and then to also think critically and they're both really very connected because in order to be a creative problem solver we have to know how to critically think about situations so that means we want to look deeper than surface level and look, you know, under the surface, right? And kind of see what else is there. So let's use the example of baking. They want to make something and it turns out that you're missing an ingredient. And so you say, "Oh shoot, what does this mean? Can we not bake it anymore?" And maybe on their own, they're able to say, well, maybe there's something that we can substitute. Maybe they don't know to think that. And so, you know, you're going to say, you know, there might be something that we can use to substitute. What if we go and check, right? So maybe you're doing a little bit of directing them towards. And then you say, well, where can we find the answer? Google. Okay. I know I was just giving Google a hard time, but we're going to go to Google. (laughs) And, you know, so they go in and find, oh, you know what? For buttermilk, you can use milk and vinegar. And so then you say, okay, let's try this. And so you're helping them to start looking deeper than just, you know, oh, we're missing buttermilk, so we can't make the pancakes. No. What could we do instead? Oh, here we go. And help them to find a solution past that surface feeling of like, oh,
1: you know, roadblock. We can't go any further. I love that. And it's interesting. Like my husband and I were talking recently about how dinner conversations have changed at home, but also out with friends of like a question that would have once upon a time prompted a 10 minute discussion of like what the right answer was. Now somebody just Googles it and you're like, well, uh, we're done talking about that now. <laughs> like, we found the right answer. Uh, and it just changes the whole dynamic. And I love that, like helping them explore. And I'm curious what you're explaining with the baking, right? Is really hands-on exploration and testing things, right? Giving them the opportunity to do things. And I'm curious how you with your kids create the space for them to do that because I think kids are busy 24 seven so often now and they always have something to do that I feel like they don't have the mental space and quiet to wanna even try these things.
0: Right, I agree with you. And it's something that I have worked really hard to not allow in our family for this very reason this might sound a little funny, but I think boredom is critical to creative problem solving. When you get bored, if you've been bored long enough, you finally get to this point where you're like, "Um, uh, what if I try this, right? You start, your mind starts going into problem solving. The problem is I'm bored and what am I going to do to solve this? Now, their instant go-to is going to be to go to mom and say, (laughs) mom, I'm bored, right? Like they figured out how to solve it mom, fix this. But if you say, oh, I'm sorry, like, I can't help you right now. You go figure out what you can do. This can be very uncomfortable at first because they're like, what? And they're, you know, making a stink about it. And they're trying to like get you to, you know, fix this for them. But if you hold firm and you let them be bored long enough, amazing thing happens. Their creativity starts to blossom. And then, I mean, it's incredible. All of a sudden you'll be like, wait, They've been silent for an hour. Now, that's not good if they're toddlers. But if they're a little bit older, right, you go and you start finding them and figuring out where they've gone. And it turns out they've been working on making awesome forts in the family room. And they have an entire, you know, world that they've imagined up. Think about when we were kids. What did our parents do to us? They sent us outside and they didn't want to see us for hours. I know in my house, if you came in, you were going to get put to chores. So, I mean, you really wanted to stay outside. So we spent... So much time making up worlds, figuring out what we were going to do with ourselves. What was the next idea? You know, we got ourselves into trouble. We did all kinds of crazy things. But in all of that, our imagination was blossoming and it all started with letting us be bored.
1: And I'm curious too, with the that ties back to the problem solving. I'm thinking about when we were kids and we were outside, right? And there weren't necessarily parents right there. We had to navigate creating rules for our games, for settling disputes, that in a way that if we only ever do organized sports and organized games, we never stretch that muscle, right? Like how to create, how to work with each other. I mean, besides like letting our kids just have some freedom back, which I think will actually relieve some pressure on moms too. But what are some other ways we can build those people management skills that are so important for growing as an independent human?
0: So I have found that the best thing for us has been having active conversations about what we're seeing. And this started when they were really little, but it can obviously start at any age. And I would just point out situations and the way that people handled things. And I point out all of it. I point out when someone gives incredible customer service. And I ask the kids like, how did that make you feel? The way they talk to you. I've pointed out to my littler ones when there's been teenagers who have been really nice to them. How did that make you feel? I've also pointed out when people have been the opposite. They've been rude. They haven't been thoughtful. I've pointed out when they had babysitters still. I pointed out frequently, when I loved a babysitter and why and how much it meant to me and what I was thinking as the mom, right? That difference between coming home and the house has been trashed. And you're like, (laughs) oh, thanks for the church that you gave me, right? Versus coming home and they've just finished sweeping for me or doing the dishes. I point out all of these things. And in pointing these out, they start to recognize and understand people. And then I go deeper and I make sure to make a point of, you know, when someone's being rude or mean or not thoughtful, I make a point to go deeper and say, I wonder what they're going through. I wonder if they are having a really hard day today. And if someone's being really great, I make a point to talk about how that in turn makes us feel great and want to spread that forward. So I want to be careful that in this, I'm, I'm helping them to use compassion and empathy right? So I think it's really important to not come from a place of like, let's judge them for not being nice. But we had this experience where I had lost a set of AirPods in Safeway and in the grocery store. And you can see where your AirPods were left, right? So I can see that they're at Safeway. So my son and I go to Safeway and we look crazy because we're staring down at the floor and looking at my phone, trying to get to where we're standing exactly on the dot where it says, My AirPods are, right? Well, we didn't find them. And we go to this first gal who's at the customer service. And I explain and I ask, have any been turned in? And she just couldn't care less that I had problems with AirPods. Maybe she'd had a really hard day and she was worried about rent. And like my first world AirPod problems were just not something (laughs) that she had any compassion for she was pretty snarky with us. I tried to butter her up a little because I really wanted to find those AirPods and it didn't work. So then I go back and I'm looking one more time. And this girl who is also an employee and she's running self-checkout, she notices us and asks what we're doing. And I explained to her that, oh, I'm just trying to find my AirPods. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's so frustrating. Here, I'll keep looking for you. Give me your cell phone number and I'll call you if I find them. Actually, I'll just, I'll call you either way. enough, at the end of her shift, she sends me a text message to tell me I kept looking, I didn't find him, but I'll check again tomorrow. And so my son and I, this was a great opportunity. We talked about each of these experiences. We talked about how each made us feel. And then my son, which realized we've had conversations like this his entire life, but he's like, mom, what should we do to show her what we appreciate? And I said, I don't know. What do you think? Right? So I turned it back to him. I gave him the chance. He said, let's give her a gift card. And so I said, okay, great. Where should we get her a gift card? And he decided Starbucks. So we went and got, you know, $10 Starbucks gift card and wrote a little thank you note and dropped that off. So it was this really simple, real life situation where we took it all the way through and we really talked about, you know, how those experiences affected us. And in this, I'm teaching them people management. I'm teaching them influence. They're starting to understand the way we treat people influences the way they respond to us. They're understanding the way that we manage people and I don't mean that in like a manipulative sense. I mean that in a, you know, the way that we respond and react and counter with other people completely affects the way that they're going to respond back. And then we bring that all the way back to home. When, you know, they're not um responding the way I would like to their siblings. And, you know, we can bring that all the way back to, well, why do you think she lashed out at you? Do you think it's because you maybe hadn't been being very nice?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got to bring those real world examples and life skills in. And have you seen examples where your kids are expressing those skills with their friends as they've gotten older? Yes. And
0: it's Really, really fun to watch that. So, I've certainly seen it with their friends. My oldest, she has this gift of just being so aware if someone is not quite at their normal happy self. And she just picks up on this and she's like, Hey, how are you doing? Sometimes they'll all tell me. So, my very one of my very, very favorite books is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And for each of my kids, they would all had to listened to it even when they were little, just in the car with me. But once they turn 12, they're all required to read it every single year from the time they're 12 to the time they're 18. Because this entire book is how you manage people, how you use kindness, generosity, empathy, how flattery is is really gross and manipulative. But genuine appreciation can make all the difference in people's lives and in their experiences. And it tells wonderful stories uh, that are just based in, in some really cool historical things, a lot of things about Abraham Lincoln. And so anyways, I obviously love this book. And it's been fun because there's been times where the kids have been like, oh, I totally used how to win friends and influence right there. And they'll bring that back. So that's been really, really fun. But just giving them the opportunities. We've got to give them the opportunities. One of the things that I've been doing more and more is I make the kids make their phone calls. So if they need to schedule a dentist appointment and oh, they resist me, oh my goodness, do they resist me? And I'm like, sorry, nope, I'm not doing it. You are going to make this call. It works better if it's something they want. Obviously, you know, they're like, fine, I won't go to the dentist, (laughs) right? So it's a little better when it's something they want, but they need to learn these skills. They need to learn how to be able to talk on a phone. And then I do coaching, right? So one of my kiddos made a phone call and she was really nervous and it came across very harsh. And so her nerves, you know, they, they came across very like clipped short answers and it came across harsh. So that was a coaching moment after where I taught her how, you know, when you're on the phone, smile, you can actually hear when someone's smiling, it comes through and we practiced talking without smiling, talking with smiling. And, you know, can you tell which one I'm doing? And so it gives us these coaching opportunities, but they've got to be pushed. They've got to be stretched. We've got to put them in the situations where they're trying to solve their problems. They're having to learn in real time because we all learn most poignantly when it's a little bit uncomfortable, right? That's, that's when we learn the fastest.
1: That's so funny. When we were younger, when we were very little, we even had to like order our meals at restaurants was like step one, right? Like I'm not ordering for you. If you don't want to make eye contact and order, place an order, you don't get to eat. And then the other one was calling our coaches and things. So that was like, okay, if you don't want to go to practice because you don't feel well, you got to call your hockey coach. And like, if that's too uncomfortable and you would rather just go to hockey practice, well then go to hockey practice.
0: We have done that exact same thing.
1: Yes. So I love it. Uh, And you talk about this, like giving them real world experiences, letting them practice. And I want to bring that back to CEO Kid in this course you've created. And you want to tell us a little bit about why you think entrepreneurship in particular is so powerful for teaching a lot of these skills? I would love to. <laughs> so,
0: um, <laughs> what we really want to do is we want to teach our kids creative problem solving. This is the number one trait that CEOs are saying they are looking for in leadership. And that's not going to change. That's the number one trait that they're also saying they're going to be looking forward future expanding. So that brings us to, okay, how do I teach my kids creative problem solving? I feel that... There is no better place to learn creative problem solving than in business. And the reason is, is that when you are trying to create a business, you are bombarded with problems. Like from day one, essentially what business really is, is it's starting with a thousand problems before you've opened your doors and then knocking one down at a time. And you just keep knocking down problems until you're finally able to say, we're open for business. And then once you're open for business, new problems are going to emerge and you have to figure out how to knock those down. And this is from anything. Like let's say a kiddo wants to open a lawn mowing business for the neighborhood. Okay. That's, that's what they decided. They're going to do that over the summer. Well, they start with all of these problems. Some of them might be really easy. I need a lawnmower perfect. I'll get the one out of the garage, right? I need customers. How am I going to get customers? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell the neighbors. How are you going to tell the neighbors? I'm going to make flyers. What are you going to make those flyers on? What should they look like? And so I feel that we want our kids to be self-reliant. That's the ultimate goal, that they are happy, they're fulfilled, and they're self-reliant. We want to know our kids are going to be able to take care of themselves. And so this concept of making sure that they learn to earn is something that really was impactful for me. And I've seen in my own life, school wasn't something that fostered confidence for me personally. And it's a wonderful place for some, but if you're a dyslexic kid who doesn't get it right, school is not telling you that you're smart. School is telling you that you are dumb because you're on a grade level. You can see how the other kids did in the class and you did the worst and you're being pulled out for special classes. And all of these experiences told me I'm not good at learning. I'm not smart and I'm not capable. It wasn't until years after getting out of the school system. And I thought, you know, I really want to try some creative outlet where I could earn a little money. And I had to start solving all these problems and I had to learn how to do this. And in that that is when I found out I'm actually really good at learning, like really good at learning, but I had no idea. That's why I encourage so much to let kids learn whatever they want to learn. If they're into dirt biking, coding, photography, whatever it is. Don't worry about what the subject is, worry about them getting the opportunity to find out that they're good at learning. And we all, every grown-up will admit, none of us are good at learning things we're not interested in, but we're pretty darn good when we feel, you know, that intrinsic self-motivation. It's no different for kids. With business, maybe they have a goal and they really want to get some new, whatever the new cool thing is that they're after we as parents have an opportunity to say, you know what? I think that's really cool. And I think you should get it, but we're not going to buy it for you. You are going to figure out how to earn it yourself. Okay. Here is the problem, right? We have now introduced the problem and they are motivated to solve this problem because they want whatever that item is. So our son, For him, it was a dirt bike. He really wanted a dirt bike. We bought him his first one for Christmas when he was little, but he had completely outgrown that. He needed a new one. And the new one was about four times the cost of the one we bought him. So we said, you can sell the one we bought you and start with that, but then you need to figure out how you're going to earn the rest. And so he went to work and he started coming up with different ideas. Now the CEO kid is a business course that helps kids take an idea and then bring through all the different parts of a business. So helps them to think about who is your customer? What is your customer's pain point? What does your customer care about? What does your customer think is going to be you doing a good job versus you doing a great job? How could you wow your customer? How are you going to price yourself? What should you be thinking about when you price yourself? Now, how are you going to market and how are you going to sell? So it's literally every single component of business. And honestly, it is the same things that I teach seven figure business owners. It's not different. I have always felt like kids can understand this stuff. I pause and I explain if I use a big word what that means. But otherwise, it's the exact same concepts that my very, very successful seven figure clients are hearing. And it's the same for the CEO kids for them. And so they take their idea They run it all the way through, and then they go put it out into the world and they test it, and then they figure out what they need to do next. So for my son, Payson, he ran multi-different business ideas through the CEO kid and tried tons of different things, which I love because the more things that they try, the more experiences that they have, the more that they're going to see things from a fresh, different, new, unique perspective. So he did lemonade stands. He did drone photography. He did dog treats that he sold at farmer's markets. I mean, multi different things. And he was learning different things each time. And we would have opportunities where one of those would fail. And it was great because then we could talk about it. I could ask him, why do you think that happened, right? His first lemonade stand was a complete bust. He kept refining those lemonade stands, thinking about, well, maybe if I have these things that I'm offering too. And then maybe if I I use a better part of the neighborhood where there's more traffic and then maybe if we have the sign further down the road so people know to stop sooner and then maybe if we're more colorful. I mean they had it down to where he had people in costumes wearing wigs, holding signs down, you know, a block away so people would stop and I think on that last one that they did, they made like $200 in a couple hours. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. And the first one he had made oh gosh, 30 or 40 in six hours, right? So he kept refining, he kept problem solving, he kept figuring this out. And I would give hints and I would coach, And that's the role that I try to encourage parents is be their mastermind with them. Be their business coach. So don't give them every answer. Don't do it for them. Help them be the ones that do it. But you help, you know, mastermind those ideas of like, oh, what if we tried this? Have you thought of this? And then kind of keep moving them along. So the CEO kid essentially is an online course that teaches kids how to take any idea and turn it into a business. And it's really designed to be hands off for parents. It's all designed for the kids to do it themselves. I really try to encourage parents, like let them do it. Go take some time for yourself. Go get something done. Let your kids be entertained, work on this. And then you step in as that business coach or their little mastermind think tank with them if they get to a place where they need a little extra brain power
1: And that lemonade stand example is such a beautiful example of a growth mindset and not feeling like the first thing that didn't work means that it will never work. And so I'm curious in your coaching with all your kids, how do you encourage that in them? How do you encourage them to keep trying even when it didn't work out the way they wanted it to? So...
0: I'm going to be honest and say I think I have an advantage (laughs) because of being dyslexic. I have never gotten to experience something where I got it right away, right? So this has been really interesting to watch with my husband and I. My husband is... Very naturally talented. He is one of those people where, you know, any sport he tries, he's instantly good. Not just like, okay, I mean, he's instantly good. And when he hears things, he remembers them really fast. When he learns things, I mean, just he's very used to naturally getting things. So for him, it can feel hard if he doesn't get it right away because that's not what he's used to. Now for me, You know, when they say, oh, plan A, plan B, plan C, I'm very used to getting to W, X, Y, Z, double Z, right? Like that's always been how it is. So because of that, I don't look at situations like, oh my gosh, it didn't work. I look at situations like, okay, well, that that version didn't work. But that doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means that version doesn't work. And there's an opportunity to tell kids some really inspiring stories, which is another thing I love to do. I love using stories to help explain this. And throughout the CEO kid, all throughout the CEO kid and all of the different things they're learning, I use stories and teach kids through stories of these incredible people that they'll recognize JK Rowling, Walt Disney, Thomas Edison, right? The Wright brothers, these incredible people who understood that, oh, you know, this version didn't work. Okay, let's try the next one and the next one and keep tinkering and keep tweaking and keep revising. That's how I've always worked. And so it's just naturally what I expect for my kids.
1: And so I think you mentioned as well that Payson's had a drone business. So I'm thinking about kids that want to start a business that might have some startup costs, whether it's they need a drone or they need a video camera if they want to start a YouTube channel. How can parents navigate that conversation and decide how much to financially help kids get started and what works for them?
0: Yes, such a good question. Okay, so, so there's been times where we've helped and there's been times where we have said they need to figure out how they're going to get that startup cost. So Payson did lemonade stands to get his first drone, okay? So he actually had to earn to get the first drone. And okay, but then you could be like, okay, well, what about the lemonade, right? So you might have to say, okay, I'm gonna buy the lemonade with you. And in fact, in the CEO kit, I give a whole example with the lemonade stand for pricing because helping kids understand our cost of goods and how we can change that. Sometimes kids need to understand, is there a way to bring down our cost here? Or is there a way to maybe add a little, but we can sell for a much higher price because we've created this you know, super impressive, fancy thing. So we use the example of lemonade from scratch using lemons and sugar and making a simple syrup to using powder lemonade, where the difference is pennies to the glass versus dollars to the glass and so we can you know talk about that and use that. So you might have to say, okay, we're going to go to the store and I am going to be your investor. And I am going to invest in you and I'm going to buy the lemonade and the cups and you know whatever might be needed. But then when you're done at the end of the day, you have to take your cost out and give that back to me. So, you know, maybe the $12 they're going to have to take out. And maybe on day 1 they're like, "But I only made 20," right? But that's good. <laughs> that helps them learn and understand. But maybe there's still a whole lot more lemonade in the canister. So you say, well, that's okay because now tomorrow you've already paid for all your costs. So you can do another lemonade stand and now it's all pure profit. So that would be one opportunity. Now with Payson, he bought his first drone. Then he was having a weekend with his grandpa and his grandpa asked him if he would teach him. His grandpa thought this was so cool, him flying his drone. And so he said, will you teach me how to fly a drone? If you teach me, I'll keep this drone and I'll buy you the next level, which, okay, he got a really, really great backer that time. (laughs) Grandparents. (laughs) Yes. So he got to get like the fancy schmanciest drone because of this. But you know what? The beautiful thing is, is that in real life, There are beautiful moments like that where someone steps in and and just blesses you. So I'm not against that because, you know, I'm not under this idea of like, oh, you have to do it all yourself. But that's not the real world. Thank goodness. Right. We need to know how to do some things ourselves. And we need to just be kind of feeling those moments of like, when do I push a little harder? And when do I pull a little bit, right? Like which what's the direction here sh- that I should be doing? So, we do a little bit of a combination.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. And I like that he got the first one. It's almost like the blessing is easier on the second one because at least he's already invested in the business whereas if you'd bought him the drone in the first place, he might have not have been as committed to growing it and getting the dirt bike and doing the whole thing. And obviously, this is a money podcast. So, I'm curious, how have you dealt with the kids' profits once they've started these businesses, if they have, if they've done well. Do you have any oversight on how they use that money? Are you letting them kind of completely take it on their own? How do you handle that? Absolutely. So, yep, we definitely have oversight
0: (laughs) because we want to teach them good money management skills, right? So we want them to understand things like basic budgeting for example, one of our girls, she has an Etsy business, so she needs to understand what her reoccurring costs are, You know what fees she pays every month, what her costs are for when she's buying new product, which in her case is fabric, to make more of what she sells on Etsy, and then to understand having a savings account and that she needs to have a business savings account, but also her personal savings account, and then money that she gets to just do whatever she wants with. Oh, and of course, the very first thing for our kids before they do anything else is paying their tithing. So the very first thing is that they pay their tithing, they pay 10% of their profits. And our belief is that even though you don't understand how it works, somehow giving 10% away makes it go further than keeping it all. Mathematically, it doesn't make sense, but it does from our perspective. So they do their 10%. And then we can help them kind of think about if they're working on investing in something else, maybe they're or the next thing or a tool, maybe they're putting a little more towards their business savings. And then obviously having them think about you're going to want a car one day, our rule with them is that we will match whatever they've earned for a car. And so if they've earned $100, it's gonna be a bit of a lemon. If they've <laughs> earned 10,000, it's going to be pretty impressive for a 16-year-old, right? So they know that we match what they earn. And then also that they want to be putting money away for college and for you know those future things. And so helping them to kind of learn how you can delegate your money so that it works for you. So that you're going to be able to have it when you need it. And yeah, and just encouraging savings. And then sometimes, honestly, sometimes they have it in their head to blow it on something. And I have to say, there are times when I've let them because I want them to learn while the stakes are really low. So for example, we recently had one of the kids really wanted to spend all their money on something that I thought was idiotic. And I tried multi times to like encourage and suggest and explain why I thought this wouldn't, you know, maybe be the best idea. And it would be every penny they had couldn't get it out of their head. So I finally let them do it. And then within a week, it was beautiful. There was some opportunity they wanted to go do. And I was like, well, do you have any money? And they didn't. And so they didn't get to go do it. And so it's like, oh, yes, learn these lessons now where, you know, the casualties are so low.
1: And there's something, though, skill to not giving them the money to do that thing, right? And that's so hard for parents of, like, not only letting them blow it, but then letting them feel the consequence when it doesn't work out the way they wanted it to, right? When there's something else they want to do.
0: Yes. But it's so important. We have to keep this long-term perspective. What do we want them to feel? Do we want them to feel this consequence now of missing out on something fun with their friends? Or what this consequence could feel like in 10 years when they're watching, I don't know, their car be repossessed, or right? Like, I mean, it could be... So much worse. And so really thinking about when that feeling of like, oh, I, I see them hurting and disappointed, and I want them to, you know, have fun and but they deserve it. They've been so good lately. Whatever we're telling ourselves, just recognizing these consequences are so small. And we're giving them these consequences now in hopes of protecting them from ones that are truly painful further down the road.
1: So true. All right. I've got two more questions about this business thing that I think a lot of moms in the audience are going to have. And the first is, how do you deal with time management, right? So for a business that your kid might start, it might start to eat into homework time. How do you set boundaries of you still have to do the things? (laughs) You You can't get distracted by running your business 40 hours a week.
0: Right. I love this. Okay. So the very first thing in the CEO kid is something called the parent plan. And the kids have to write out what they think they might need help with from their parents and what they commit to do to get this help because their parent is really their angel investor, right? Even if it's just, you know, driving them to the post office or whatever, the parent is their, is their angel investor. And so they complete the parent plan, which says, Dear mom and dad, here are the things I think I might need help with here is how often I think I might need this. I commit that I will always put school and family first. And as long as I am doing those things, would you commit to help me with my business? So I think it's really important that this isn't on mom and dad's shoulders first. This is on their shoulders first, right? Like they need to do their part and then we step in and do our part. We're not here to save them and to ultimately take on a second business, right? This isn't our business, this is theirs. So then they sign it and the parents sign it. And then that way, you know, if the parents are seeing, hey, you didn't get your homework done, you didn't do your school stuff first, then there can be some accountability and there can be some consequences for that.
1: Awesome. Absolutely. Okay. And then my next question was, how do you deal with safety with kids, right? So often their clients are going to be adults or they're working online. How do you make sure that your kids are protected and that they understand what to watch out for in whether it's scams or really putting them at any physical risk?
0: Yes. Okay. So again, lots of communication, lots of conversations, lots of educating our kids. And then second, we're still there. Right. So, for example, my kids have done several farmers markets now where they've sold things and craft fair. In both of those, they were never alone. They had each other and parent supervision, not at the table, not where we were, you know, infringing on their opportunity to learn and grow, but we were very close by. There's that part. Then there is so, like for Payson with drone photography, he's never alone. He always has one of us with us. If he goes and works with a client for Ella and her Etsy business, everything is through the mail. We're you know going to be going with her to ship and her communication. We can check in and see that and just make sure. And they know that if anything feels weird, they can talk to us and tell us. So in all of these situations, it's giving them the opportunity to lead, but there still needs to be a manager, I guess we could say, right? So you're the manager kind of just, you know, looking over, making sure that everything's okay, but they get to be that front person.
1: That makes a ton of sense. All right, Leah. So what about parents who, this is like a last kind of wrap up question here for you are on the edge, right? They think this sounds interesting, but they're not sure if the kids have the time or if it's worth it. What encouragement would you give them to at least let your kids explore their entrepreneurial side?
0: So I think we just need to get really deep down into when my kiddo leaves the house, what are the things I want them to know, right? I, I sat down and I really thought about this when my when my littles were little, and I realized I want them. I mean, I made an ex exhaustive list. I want them to know how to change a tire. And I want them to know how to call people. And I want them to know how to earn. And I want them to feel confident that they can take care of themselves. And I want them to know how to cook. And I want them to know how to clean, like really clean. Like they could actually clean a bathroom and it would sparkle. And I want them, (laughs) right? Like I want them to know how to do laundry. Like I just started thinking of this exhaustive list of everything that they needed to know. And then start looking for where and how you're going to fit these in. And so much of what I want them to know, I can teach them through business and I can give them an opportunity to be earning their own money for those special things and making it mean more. One of the things that we as parents talk about is, oh, like they don't appreciate what they have. Well, honestly, so much of that falls on us. When I notice my kids not being appreciative for you know, how much they have or how blessed they are, that falls on me as a parent. Like I look and I can go, oh, I have been being a little bit too relaxed. I've been a little bit too like, oh, here, just do it, right? Because that feels easier. But does that feel easier when you know we see these kids who are leaving college and they don't even grasp like that it's not just being handed to them, that they're not getting the six-figure job right out of college, that they don't get the gorgeous house that their parents had, but your parents didn't start in that gorgeous house. We want our kids to understand and to get grittiness, right? Like grittiness, resilience, work ethic. These are some of the most incredible skills that can bring anyone to the very top. Now, does it mean a little extra work for us? Yes. Does it mean that we have to be more hands-on parents? Yes. But will we regret that when we get to see them more fulfilled and happy and following their purpose and brave enough to go after what truly makes them happy? Of course not. So right now, it's a little bit more work. Although I will say with the CEO kid, I purposefully made it so parents don't have to be all in. So you can get the CEO kid, it'll show up at your door and be like, go, go watch the videos, go get your business idea. I'll take you to Walmart when you're ready to buy the lemonade mix or whatever it is, right? And help them to learn these skills that these are life skills. These are success principles that if you look at, any great successful man or woman that they have learned and we have the opportunity to teach them to them now and think about what that's going to mean for them when they get to junior high when they get to high school when they get to college when they've already learned creative problem solving they've already learned how to deal with and handle and communicate with people they've already learned how to use their good to influence others. They've already learned that critical thinking, that problem solving, that using their creativity and that creativity is a gift. So I think we just have to look at our long-term goals for our kids and then that helps us recognize, okay, this is worth it. You know, an extra run to the post office once a week is worth it. And I do make sure things like that honestly, even with the post office, what's awesome is now I've taught Ella how to do pickup. And so she can go onto the USPS website, schedule that she has a pickup, leave it on the doorstep that morning, and they just take it. And she's printed out her little shipping label. I mean, like, it's amazing how hands off we really can be with, you know, resources like that, Amazon Prime, you know, all those kind of things.
1: Oh, man. I mean, you know, I absolutely love the CEO kid course. I cannot wait till our boys are old enough. I love, you know, from my side, the grit for sure. I think I can't remember the author, uh, Angela Duckworth. Yeah, yep. Wrote this fantastic book. It's one of my favorite nonfiction books I've read in the last few years. And teaching our kids those skills, teaching them the money skills, the ability to budget. I think I've told people before that your pricing section of CEO kid, like I need to send that to like, lots of people, lots of adults that run businesses of like, <laughs> you have not run this exercise. So it's just, it's such an amazing course. And I think it gives for me, I think it gives kids that sense of independence and control that you lack when you feel younger, right? You just don't have a place that really is yours. And this lets them flex those muscles and proved themselves what they can achieve. So thank you for creating the course and for visiting <laughs> with us today. This is amazing. And before we let you go, we have to do a silly thing where we have to have you try on our Smart Money Mama's Sorting Hat. Okay. So the Sorting Hat is our version of the hot seat where the magical hat asks a question to reveal something about you. It contains a number of questions about money, motherhood, and life. Are you ready to see what it has to ask you? I'm so ready. Bring it on. <laughs> What financial or life goal are you working towards right now? Oh, um, okay.
0: What's the new one? Okay. The first thing that came to my mind is one of the goals I set years ago was to keep putting more money aside so that I had a full year of income in our savings account. And, you know, especially right now, so grateful. My next big goal is that I would really like financial is that I really want to start increasing our properties portfolio. That's my next really big goal. I have this like dream of having houses in places I'd love to visit where I can then like, you know, obviously use them as income properties but then also go use them every once in a while.
1: That's awesome. We used to have a rental property on Cape Cod and my mom has done these amazing home exchanges with people all over the world where they come and stay in that house for a week and she goes and stays somewhere else. Really cool opportunities just from having that property.
0: See, that sounds amazing. Hey, I want to do that. I'm adding that to my to my list.
1: <laughs> really cool program. So Leah, we will have a link to the CEO kid in the show notes. Where can people find out more about you? Follow you on social media? Yes.
0: So if you want to follow me personally, so I like to share a lot of things about if you're an entrepreneur yourself, I love to share things about business, about managing our time and balancing motherhood, business, all of those things, right? How we organize, keep our time good. Then you can follow me personally, which would be leahremillet.com, L-E-A-H-R-E-M-I-L-L-E-T, which I know you'll put it in the show notes also, but leahremillet.com or same handle, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, leahremillet.com and then for the ceo kid i would love you to follow there that's going to be more tips and ideas for kids for parents just helping with all kinds of creativity ideas diy's business thoughts showcasing what awesome kids are doing and that's all going to be at the ceo kid dot com. And then our handle for YouTube, Instagram, actually YouTube, not yet. I still can't change it. But as we get more, we'll be able to, but (laughs) you'll be able to find all of that just searching the CEO kid as well. Awesome. Leah,
1: thank you so much for joining us. And I hope we get to talk to you again soon. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, mamas, how great is Leah? I just know that you were nodding and smiling along with me through so much of that conversation. Leah does an incredible job identifying what is important for our kids to learn and then telling us amazing strategies to teach them those lessons. She's certainly parenting goals for me. Now, I know there's a lot of valuable info in today's discussion and your mind might be spinning with things to try with your kids, So, as always, I've rounded up my top three takeaways to summarize the biggest things we learned from Leah that you can take into your own parenting journey. First, teach your kids to ask great questions that lead to bigger answers. Leah mentioned that it sounds a bit weird when you first say it, but we truly need to teach our kids how to think. Simply providing them with the quick answers, doing the work for them, or telling them there's only one right answer to every question doesn't let them flex their creative problem-solving skills. And that's the number one skill CEOs are looking for in leaders, and the number one skill needed by successful entrepreneurs. Let your kids be bored until they look for new ways to explore and express themselves. Be their coach, asking them what they think when they ask you a question, instead of just giving them the answer foster their natural curiosity. Yes, sometimes that is messy. Yes, sometimes that takes longer and goodness knows we're all busy. But that little extra space to discover for themselves can turn them into adults who view roadblocks not as stop signs, but as simply detours. Second, we need to let our kids practice independence when they're young. Whether it's a question of money management, feeling the consequences for forgetting to turn in a homework assignment, or encouraging your kids to make their phone calls like Leah does, we need to step back and let our kids have a little taste of independence. When they're young, the stakes are so much lower. Maybe it stings a bit, but they won't be losing a job or watching their car get repossessed, and you'll be right there to help them learn from the experience. But letting our kids take risks within reason, no jumping off of roofs or stealing cars, has other benefits too. It reminds our kids that we have confidence in them and believe in their abilities. It shows them that it's okay to make mistakes, that stumbles are part of life, and that you can learn from those moments and grow as a person. It's been shown that people can learn to have a growth mindset and can develop grit, but only if they have a chance to practice. And finally, third, Entrepreneurship is an amazing way to teach so many life skills that we want our kids to have. Mamas, not all of our kids will grow up to be entrepreneurs, and letting them try their hand at business isn't about pushing that option as the only path. Instead, encouraging your kiddo to take an idea and bring it to fruition gives them a range of real-world experiences that are hard to replicate elsewhere. Kids can learn how to problem solve. They can practice putting themselves in the mindset of someone else, their customer, and having empathy. They'll learn about money, earning, budgeting, profit, even debt if you give them some startup cash. Not to mention the confidence that comes from seeing an idea they had turned into reality. When they realize in a big way that they can handle problems and create something they are proud of and that others value, that's an immensely powerful thing. There will be moments when you have to provide guidance, Mama, but we both know our kids are capable of so much. A little or big business, can let them prove it to themselves. I want to thank Leah again for joining me on the show and sharing her insights into how we can all raise independent, confident kids. And thank you for hanging out with Leah and me. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. If you're looking for a summary of our key takeaways, links to Leah's website and the CEO Kid course, or you want to download your free copy of our Money Values Worksheet, head to the show notes at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Leah, L-E-A-H. Keep talking money, mamas. I'll see you next time.